Dungeoneers, and welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the only D&D 5e podcast capable of surviving a nuclear war. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, I run the game, and I've had way too much caffeine tonight, and I am joined, as always, by my friends and co-hosts. We have Daniel over here, ready to punch some suckers with those fists of his. Oh god, that's so violent. Why, why, why would you Why would you think I would do that? Ha, surprise attack! Ah! Got him. Ha, never saw it coming. I never did. Yeah, I, I punched some suckers with a sucker punch. See what I did there? I see what you did there, Daniel. It's really funny. I like it. We also have Janelle over here who is casting a foul spell tonight to make things go in her favor. I mean, yes, but I would also not like to like die again, go down unconscious. Last time I didn't do that, and it was like pretty fun to like be there for the whole game. So you just brought a bunch of your pharmacy chemicals home and you're mixing them up in your little lab, casting your magic spells like pharmacists do. Uh, yeah, that's actually like rule number one is you gain magical powers um, <laughs> when you become God, a pharmacist. I think, the, I think the rest of us chose the wrong career path then. You did, which is unfortunate, but also you have to give a way more time and effort. And um, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So for do for completing pharmacy, you get magic powers, but the only thing you get from engineering is depression. Yeah, so that's not fair at all. You really chose the wrong career. I'm so sorry. Well, now that Daniel has me all depressed with those comments. Let's look over here at Nate. Oh, man, I I don't know how much longer he's going to be here tonight. It looks like he has discovered the secret to everything in the universe. I was just simply gazing upon this world, and from there I realized that the ethereal form means nothing. It was nothing but Euclidean, you know, space that I could transcend beyond. From there, it was just simple. I had to just enter an additional plane, allowing the projection of me into the internet, and soon I shall be all, and all is me. Well, Nate has become a computer, so (laughs) next time you Google Nate, just remember that he will be watching you. Joel's here too, but honestly, I really can't tell what he's doing. I'm just over here making some contingency plans in case um, one of our members gets a little out of hand, you know? (laughs) can you give us an example of one of those i probably shouldn't talk about it on air okay fair enough i can respect (laughs) that ominous i can just i i I, all i will say is um daniel keep yourself in check (laughs) oh no (laughs) i my all of a sudden i feel i feel like someone's watching me yeah oh oh, that's nate Oh, God. Oh, what are you doing here? (laughs) And finally, we have AJ, the chosen one, the boy who is going to live, or whatever that saying is. (laughs) Yep, definitely. Nothing's going to go wrong soon at all. Definitely not in the same boat as Daniel. Definitely didn't do anything that Joel needs to find out about. Definitely things are going to be fine. It's going to be great. So, Joel, do I come out of the internet now and stab him? What? Uh, what? AJ? No, no, he's okay for now, too. Oh, thank goodness. Well, you know what, guys? It is great having you guys here to record tonight. This is a little bit of a weird night for us because we are recording after a long work day instead of on the weekend like we, like we normally do. So, I am ridiculously hyped up on caffeine. 
just to get this done. So how how are you guys handling your uh, your end of the day? How is how have your days been? Um, <clears throat> if I may comment, no. <laughs> that is all. That that was your comment. Yes. Great. Yeah. Thanks for the input, Daniel. You're welcome. <laughs> it was quite wonderful. I watched two hours of math videos while doing work. Yeah, it's about about the same for me. <laughs> Except it was more like six and uh-uh. ended up being like eight. So that was great. I I bought pizza from a uh, from a New York pizza place that likes to put a New York accent inside of its descriptions. <laughs> like like the like the pizzas will be like this is the best thing, the best pizza you ever had. You got with the ricotta. <laughs> and I mean, it, it, it's just too hard. It's just too hard. Just calm down. That sounds like the perfect kind of pizza to have on a Friday night, though. Yeah, it yeah is. you've just gone off of work. You need to relax a little bit, eat some junky food, and honestly, just kind of that that goofiness like makes it special. Don't let him act like he's too good for this because he was literally reading me the descriptions and laughing. Like to the point where he, it was way too hard for what was going on. <laughs> Their calzones are called the big boys, and the first one's like, "You gotta have it with the ricotta." The ricotta. <laughs> I didn't know New Yorkers were Warhammer fans with the the, the big boys here. Oh, <laughs> all right. This has gone on too long. I think well, these, these big these big boys. We need more. Tell NACA. me the pizza's red. It goes faster. No. <laughs> the pizza's normal pizza colored. Well, guys, it's great having you here. I think we should probably get moving on with the episode because things are going to go unhinged very quickly because I'm pretty sure as much fun as we have playing D&D, most of us probably want to go to bed at this point. So, yeah, before we jump into the episode, I'm going to give a quick recap of what happened last week and then we'll jump in. So... Last episode, our favorite adventurers finished up another fight. This one was with another one of the exploding thralls that you guys have been encountering in the town of Brimpton. And his fiery death scorched the windmill and the unconscious body of the fake farmer who you had initially planned on taking alive. But I suppose fate decided something different. Upon searching the windmill that the men had seemed to be guarding, our party found a hole leading into the ground, which opened up into a small chamber of some kind. And then they promptly ignored that when Aegon saw an indistinct figure standing in the nearby farmhouse, watching them, before it suddenly disappeared into thin air. So, we're going to jump into the action right after these events, but first... We have another flashback tonight, guys. (gasps) Gasp. It's very enthusiastic, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Whoa. Crazy. Wow. (laughs) OMG. Okay, guys, I'm... I'm (laughs) What? I'm gonna get going with the uh, with the, with the definitely clipped on. All right, just okay. put six layers of me so we can count Stop. for everyone. It's a cold winter night. The cloudless night sky shines with the light of the twinkling stars and a waning half moon 
which reflects off the thick layer of snow covering the ground and resting in the towering evergreen trees. Howling mountain winds whip through the air as a small village comes into view, tucked away in a small glen. As the view approaches the village, the snow covering the ground begins to fade to an orange color, lit by the flames of a massive fire engulfing one of the homes. Inside the burning building, the flames whip around and sear every surface they touch, and the air shimmers from the oppressive heat and smoke. We hear the cries of a child drift through the hallways, barely audible over the roaring of the fire. Suddenly, a crashing sound emanates through the room as a massive, muscular man bursts through a nearby wall, sending charcoal and sparks flying through the air. His bright red skin has swirling patterns arrayed across it, which glow bright orange as they seem to absorb the tongues of flame that lick at his skin. One of his hands is grasping a cloth over his nose and mouth to block the smoke from entering his lungs. He glances around the blaze, searching for the source of the cry. He lowers the cloth for a second, revealing the face of a young Theo, clean-shaven and youthful. With the cloth off, he shouts out, <coughs> Hello! Keep calling! Help is here! He whirls to the left when he hears another cry, and he sees a small child in the corner of the room, curled into a ball as the flames creep closer to her. As Fio takes a step forward, the building groans, and part of the second floor comes crashing down, smashing into his shoulders and almost sending him sprawling to the ground. He shrugs a burning beam off his back and rushes forward, scooping the child off the ground with one hand and smashing through another collapsing wall as the entire building comes down around them. With barely a second to spare, he tucks the child to his side and raises his other arm as he leaps through a window, sending sharp, glinting blades flying through the air as he breaks through. Then, Theo looks up at the burning house from his depression in the snow, the ashes of the fire drifting down around him like snow. And then he looks back at the child tucked away under his arm. She's crying and coughing heavily, but besides a few minor burns, she appears to be okay. It's okay. You're safe now. Concerned villagers are running around, watching the remains of the building burn and ensuring that no other nearby buildings are catching fire. Nearby, the parents of the small child are sobbing with relief as they hug and kiss their daughter, oblivious to their surroundings in their joy. Theo watches them with a small smile, but it fades as his view turns back to the burning ruin of the home. He starts and looks over as an older man sits down next to him and looks up at him with a warm smile on his worn and wrinkled face. You did well, son, he says, looking up at the giant form of Theo. Things would have been much worse if you hadn't rushed in to help. Theo nods slowly before lowering his head and saying, It happened again. I I talked to the parents. Another 
spontaneous fire. One second, everything was fine, and then suddenly, the house exploded into this inferno. The man furrows his brow. That makes three this month. He pauses for a second, looking up at Theo's concerned face. Then he leans forward slightly. I understand how you feel, Theo, after what happened to your parents, but taking blame that isn't yours to take just isn't healthy. There's nothing that proves that these fires have anything to do with you or or your lineage. There's... Theo, there's not some curse following you around. Theo looks up at the smoldering remains of the house. I know. I know. But part of me just feels like it is. I don't know how to describe it. He looks down at the glowing patterns across the skin on Theo's arms, which are now slowly fading away and reveal a lack of burns from the fire. (laughs) I'm not exactly a normal person. Man looks up at him again and says, Theo, we've seen many fires, but none of them were ever caused by you. For God's sake, we live in wooden homes and we use fire to keep ourselves warm in the cold months. It's a beautiful gift from the ether, but it's inevitable that some houses will catch fire if people aren't careful. He pauses as the young girl runs up to Theo and gives his knee a big hug before running back to join her parents as they depart to find new lodgings for the night. The man smiles as he adds, Trust me, even if I did believe that you carry some God's forsaken flaming curse. You've always been better at putting out fires than starting them. Everything will be fine. And the scene fades out as the two men sit in silence, turning to watch the ruins of the former home burn to the ground. Theo's young, firelit face, with a slight smile, fades into his current sunlit face with a frown as he stands watching his party members bury the two charred corpses of their attackers. Aw, dang. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, shoot. I sure wish we hadn't killed these guys. Oh, that is a shame, ain't it? (laughs) No, we should have robbed him first, remember? Oh, no. Uh, We're not bad people, right? We're the good guys. It's it's arbitrary. Just remember. Yeah. I mean, if you believe it. (laughs) Believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) So dumb. Uh, Janelle, did you say something? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Aragon, I think we're finished now. I think they're they're covered enough. Yes. Hopefully this will keep their spirits at peace. Maybe. Should we go check out the house now? I think that would be a good idea. Okay. Theo picks up his big axe from the side, 
wedged in the dirt and starts walking. And Aegon follows closely behind him. Bez will follow them. Gunner's already over there, I'm sure. <laughs> he's, al- he's already looking in the windows trying to Yeah, he wouldn't help what's going us on. dig holes or anything. <laughs> that, right. that sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't want to dirty his hands now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if Gunner's already over there, he sees that there are no lights on in the house or anything. It seems like it's completely empty, at least from where you guys are. Aogon, what was it that you said you saw in here? Uh, it was just for a moment, but I could have sworn that I saw a figure looking at us from the windows. We better look inside. I can't see anything from out here, but that doesn't mean no one is hiding. And I think Gunner is going to um, go over to the front door, and he wants to uh, kind of jiggle the door handle to see if it's locked. Okay. The house is not locked. So you jiggle the handle and the door starts to creak open. <laughs> Gunner dives out of the way. Fia <laughs> motions to his dog to stay outside and he just starts walking in past Gunner. No, no, Fia, wait. Ah. So Fia walks right in through the door. And the first thing you see is you are in a very small room, like a five foot by 10 foot room. And it has some barrels stacked to the right. They look like they're just full of basic grains. One of them looks like it might have ale in it. He quickly looks uh, to his left. Yeah, okay, let me say. Yeah, so you look to your left and you see there's a, a small doorway which opens up into the main room of the house. And it's pretty standard for a, a farmer's home. It's got a small stone fireplace with a cooking kettle on it. Um, there's a table set to feed a large family and there are some cabinets set up against the wall to hold some cooking utensils and maybe a small selection of spices but there is a thick layer of dust everywhere so Fia why don't you give me a perception check real quick okay that is a 12 Okay, Sophia, you walk in and you see this dust and the only thing disturbing it are footprints that you see down on the ground. Like you look back and you see yours that you've kind of stirred it up a little bit. But going ahead, you see footprints going across the floor to a large hole that has been torn into the floorboards of the home near the table. It looks big enough that someone could climb in and out of the hole. I think Gunner kind of peeks peeks around the side to kind of see what Fia is doing, and I, I and I think he's uh, I, I think he's motioning everybody else, like doing the hand motions, like S- slice the pie, but whatever that means, I'm hungry. Vez <laughs> <laughs> is going to very dramatically roll her eyes and walk past Gunner and walk in behind Fio. Uh Josh does. The rest of the room, though, looks like it's stable. It doesn't look like the floor is weak at all. It just looks like this one spot was torn into. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like it fell in. It looks like it was smashed in. Like okay. someone didn't fall through and create the hole. Someone purposefully made the hole. Okay. Uh, Fia's going to walk in a little bit to give room for everybody else. He's going to turn back to Bez and say, 
I think this might be a similar hole to the one in the mill. Looks like it was torn, not like broken. Someone wanted to be down there. Uh, yes, I think that's a pretty good summary of what's going on. I wonder if they're connected, maybe? Maybe it's like a tunnel or something? Maybe. And Fia's going to move past the hole up north to the other room behind this door. Okay, and you peer in and you see a bedroom that, again, like the rest of the home, looks like it has not been touched in months. Does it seem like it was kept and just has been sitting here forever? Or does it seem like things are thrashed around at all? It looks like someone just left and never came back. It just seems like it's abandoned, Vez. Which... Do we know who's supposed to live here? <laughs> um, your guess would be as good as mine. We'd have to probably go back and ask around mm. and see if we can figure out who originally lived in the house with the windmill. But, I mean, we can take a look around and see if we can find anything that has any sort of information about the person on it. But, I mean... Most simple farmers aren't going to have a lot of that sort of, like, paperwork, or they might have some books, but I I really don't know what we'll find, but we can definitely take a look. But I'm thinking the biggest mystery is, um, what exactly the giant hole in the middle of the floor is and where it goes. Gunnar goes over to the, uh, the dining table and he... Uh, pulls out one of the chairs and he sits he sits on it and he kind of leans back he's like well I think one thing is for sure clearly they won't mind if we kick it here for a little bit <laughs> I feel uh, very beat up from that last fight so I think maybe we should take some time to just sort of talk some things out and rest a bit don't you think yeah, maybe for a little while. He has this irritated look on his face. Not necessarily pointed towards anybody, but he's just frustrated thinking about everything that's happened. So he goes and sits on the bed, puts his axe next to him, and just uh, starts contemplating, sort of ignoring everybody else at this point. Okay, so you're looking to take a short rest then? Oh, yeah. I think so. If everybody else is good on that, Aegon and... Fezzel peek her head back out of the door and like motion to um, the other two to basically come on in. Mm. And I'll enter. All right. So you guys all gather into the abandoned farmhouse. Do you guys close the doors or do you leave the doors open? Nah, we close it. Or Gunner does. So you close the doors and you guys are taking your rest and you're about 10 minutes in when you hear voices kind of come outside. Um, Vez will go up to the window and just like stand beside it and then kind of like basically the smallest amount of her that can be seen while she's looking out this window. Okay, so you look out the window and you see uh, your two friends, Stephen and Richard, the guards, are standing in front of the windmill Oh, and shit. they look, they're pointing up at the burned windmill <laughs> and at the charred grass. And they look like they're very confused and they are talking about something. You can't hear them because you're a little ways away and you're in the 
house, but they definitely look like they're investigating the loud explosion from when you guys killed the thrall. <laughs> Crap, I thought we were far enough away. I didn't think about that. <laughs> oh, crap. The, it's the fuzz. F- what do we do? Just stay out of the windows and be quiet. So as you're looking and you see Steven look right at the window you're standing at. And she as like very slowly as to not be like something just like whipping away quick to like draw attention like moves out of sight. <laughs> Why don't you give me a stealth check? Yeah, we'll see how well that goes. (laughs) Oh, I'm so nervous now, guys. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Stealth. Is that one of the things I'm good at? It is, but unfortunately, I can't roll very well. That's an eight overall. Oh, no. It's an eight. You see a Steven. Well, you don't see it. But you, uh, as an audience, we see Steven nudge Richard, and he points at the house, and the two guards begin trudging towards the house. Oh, man. Do you think they saw you? Uh, she's like... <laughs> she just kind of looks uh, down, kind of ashamed of herself. Um, yeah, that was definitely not my smoothest move. I definitely think I ruffled um, the curtain, for sure. Um Aogon, I, I, I know I know how to distract them. I, I need you to sit uh, opposite from me at this, at this table. Of course. What? Okay, put put your arm out. All right, yep, g- grab it like that. And v- whenever they come in, I want you to slam my hand onto the table as hard as you possibly can. Oh, okay, yes. I go into the corner and tr- basically make a, make a crate, cast Minor Illusion, and I go inside the crate and huddle inside of it to hide. Whoa. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, Vez steps into uh, the room with Fio because she is in, like is peeking around the corner to see what the heck is about to happen, but she doesn't want to be in the room when it does. So, to paint this image, Fio <laughs> and Vez have retreated into the bedroom to hide. Jasper is hiding in an illusory crate and Gunner and Aegon are going to feign having an arm wrestling match in the middle of the room. This is so dumb. <laughs> it's it, it's going to work. It'll make sense. It was working until people decided to hide. <laughs> the, Vez, what's going on? Who's outside? She just like is like hushing him. She's like, um, Richard and Steven have found us and Gunner is about to do something. Not to hurt people, but equally still so dumb. And I just don't. I don't know if I can what? watch. He's no, they're wrestling. our friends. No, we should just stop. talk to them. No, yes, we can. So but you just... hear a knocking on the door, kind of a... Hey, God, I'll yell out, come in. <laughs> but I could just walk out. <laughs> the door The door creaks open. And uh, this is so dumb. <laughs> Richard and Steven walk in and they look very surprised to see Aegon and Gunner sitting at the table. <laughs> do it now, do it now. <laughs> and Aegon throws Gunner's uh, hand to the table. <laughs> oh, I can't believe that you beat me. Oh, well, 
This is just a normal game that we play called Who's Stronger When Hiding in the Darkness? <laughs> well, Aogon, you win again. You put up a valiant effort, Gunner, but oh, you've got a long way to go before you can beat me. What are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, R- Richard and Steven, wh- fancy meeting you here. Yeah, we, we heard an explosion. Oh. <laughs> Gunner uh, raises his arms up and flexes, and he's like, <laughs> "Well, um, <laughs> don't be surprised." So Stephen looks up where he says, "So that was you?" Uh well, not exactly. I I, I was trying to be funny. Uh, actually, <laughs> the Theo we walks were- out. <laughs> okay, guys, this is dumb. This oh is my god, dumb. they both like uh, aim their spears at you when you walk through. Steve, Richard, it's it's us. I don't know what oh. they're doing. We were taking a rest in here. We had another incident outside. I don't know why they didn't just tell you that. I was, I, I and was Steve, going Steven's to get like, there. Hey, it, it's, it's fine, it's fine. Um, it's not fine. People died. What? Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> That's what the two you were. I assume you saw the the stuff. The two uh, we we have freaking graves out there with two people in them. Well, you you killed someone. What, even, they, Ste- even Steven's looking really concerned. Bez they is just sitting us. in there. One started doing the thing where they like got all weird and and medley and on fire, and then I got knocked out, and then I guess they exploded. We're look, taking look, rest if, if you here. killed somebody, you're gonna have to come with us. Fine, whatever. But I tell you, I just this doesn't make any sense. They attacked us. We were trying to help, and they just they caught on fire. I don't understand what happened. And we were taking rest in here. There's this hole in the floor. We think it's connected to the mill. Everyone's in danger in this town. And Stephen looks at you and says, "I didn't understand a <laughs> word of what you just said." <laughs> well, I don't understand it myself. <laughs> Theo, you, you, you need to take it down a notch. I, I think you're starting to scare them, and honestly, you're starting to scare me a little bit. Well, maybe it's we th- should be scared, Gunner. Did you not see what happened? I, I did, and it was terrifying, because their bodies turned into giant killing machines, and then they exploded like a bomb. Yeah, that's not normal! I agree, but we, we we need to take it down, just a ju- just a touch. Yeah, uh, Richard looks over at Stephen and out of the blue says, "Yeah, I guess we should probably just let them go. Probably some dumb freak accident." And Stephen looks over at him and almost seems like he gives Stephen a, a knowing look, and he says, "Yeah, might be best." Okay, that's that's it. We're good. Well, Richard steps closer and he says, Okay, look. And he doesn't say anything. He looks like he's he wants to say something. And then he just steps back and he says, If I catch you guys doing anything like this again, we're taking you in. You got that? Can Fio, can Fio maybe do a check to, to see what this what his motives are if he's like angry yeah, or trying me, to yeah give me an insight check okay because I he's very confused by this now too because he somewhat knows what to do in, in, in these kinds of accidents so he's this doesn't make any sense to him yeah give me an insight check 
Okay, that is a 14. Okay, so Richard's pretty easy to read. Um, it was as soon as you mentioned them morphing into a monster and exploding, his demeanor changed. And right now, he he doesn't look like he wants to do what's happening. Like, he doesn't he doesn't look like he wants to do what he's doing right now, but it seems he's following a procedure would be the best way to put it. Okay. Theo looks back to him and calmly says, yes, I understand. All right. And uh, he leans forward and this time he does, does say something. If you're going to do something, do it. Do it quick. Okay. Loud and clear. And he, he gives you a nod and nudges Steven, and they they leave the home. They just let you go. That was a great plan, Gunner. It, it seems like it got us off scot-free. Yes, <laughs> I, I thought that it would work, and it turns out I was right. So that's how we get away with murder. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, no, oh, no, Jasper. That, that is not a way to... In- interpret what happened. What happened is our jovial nature inspired them to be kind. Exactly. And we got away with murder. V- oh. <laughs> Fia goes and closes the door and then walks back in. Vez, uh, everybody, let's... Come here. Fia, when you go to close the door... Yeah. You notice that there is a small little note tucked into your hand that you didn't notice because you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, no, it's okay. His perception's very low in general. I mean, he has a base 10. It was a zero. So it's it's amazing he got a good insight at all. Uh, He'll come back in after saying everything, look at his hand real quick before addressing everybody. What does it say? It just has an address on it. Okay. And a kissy mark. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> this escalated so quickly. Richard the guard has uh, oh, no. traditional D&D fashion. He has a 10-foot pole, if you know that. <laughs> I'm not going oh, to touch goodness. him with it. Uh, <laughs> okay. He is not a right. polearm expert. He's not. <laughs> God damn it. Vez, everybody, come here real quick. We have something. We have to do something. Gunner, I know you said we need to take it down a notch, but we need to go full notches, like full ham. Not just like splitting it with, with like half fat, half ham, like in some sandwich, like full ham on this. Richard and, and, and Steve, they, I think they know what's going on, but I think just like that guy, they don't want to do what they're doing. He said, he told me, if we're going to do something, we have to do something. And then I guess he gave me this note, we we have to go here and do something. So I think we need to, like, get ready as much as we can, and then go do it. Whatever it is. What does the note say? It's it's just this address. Um, Josh, do I know if it's, like, on the other side of town, or if it's nearby? It's 35 Guided Lane. It's okay. Not, it's not too far from where you want. It's on the same side of town. Okay. Kind of in the residential area. 
Okay. Wait, you mean it's not far from where we are now or where yeah. we were staying? Yeah, like if you just walk through the fields for a little while and get back to the town proper, you'd, you'd be there before you even got into the walled-off part of the town. Well, do you think we should go back and start there and then maybe we could rest up in town so people don't think we are being suspicious and come back? I, I don't know I, if we have enough th- enough time once we get back there, because if, if more people are in on this, like Richard and Steven, I don't know if we're going to have much time once we get there. I think we need to finish getting ready here. I'm still a little banged up from the fight. I want to be ready when we get back. And I swear, if you guys ignore another plot point, I am going to be so pissed off. Oh, no, I mean, I just wanted to finish the, the, the small rest. That's all I meant. No, no, that's, like, not what, that's not what I'm talking about. If you guys just leave this home without investigating that hole, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> Don't worry, I yes, was going to mention it. You guys already no. left the glade unexplored. <laughs> what? He just got this done so we had to go and do the thing. Now, hang on. We, gotta, we almost died. I think that's a little different. We don't need sympathy here. We are trained experts in dungeoneering, obviously, by the name. I think we can handle a little bit of uh, improvising. We just have to apply it a little. I know. I'm just. I'm. I'm. Okay. I'm, I'm more poking fun at you guys. <laughs> okay. That's the. That's the typical Dungeons and Dragons thing. Your players will ignore every point you throw their way. Okay. Okay. But, but to be fair to us, you did just give us a note and said, "Hey, do the thing as soon as possible." So in a way, we could have, and I feel like we would have been justified. I don't want to, Josh. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but you did give us cause to. I think we're gonna die either way, so we might as well just jump in this hole. Uh, I, I basically, after I said everything, I think we're just going to finish a short rest and then back into scoping well, this hole out, right? Is that the plan? But but do we... I I think the I, I think what they were saying is that we... The guards were saying that we need to be quick so we can't finish a short rest. Well, I think that they're going to have to get over it because <laughs> we can't afford half of our party yeah, think, to go down. Uh, I think what, when he said that, I think you would know he means quick in the long run. Yeah, well, he said soon, so he didn't mean like now. Yeah, like it was more of a we've got a problem and you should fix it as opposed to anything beyond that. Right. Okay. So yeah, I think we're going to quickly finish our short rests and then finish up what we're doing here. Okay, so why don't you guys roll your hit dice? Okay. Gunner waits as fast as possible. With my super low HP pool, using hit dice is super effective. Another reason to always low roll when you're trying to gain more hit points. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I got a 12. While they're healing, um, Vez wants to kind of like look around and see if there's any papers or any kind of signs of who might have lived here before them. Oh, yeah. Vez, why don't you give me a perception check? And, and while everyone's doing that, Gunner pulls out his pan flute and plays a little song called Song of Rest, which is a feature which allows everyone to add an extra D6 uh, to what they regain when we take a short rest. Nice. So, all right, nice. Just, want, just wanted to get that in there before everybody started spending all their dice. Okay, so during this rest, everyone's kind of lounging. Uh, Vez is searching... Uh, home. What'd you get? 12. Janelle? You got a 12? Uh, you can't find anything especially 
important. Like you said, you were looking for documents. You don't find any documents. You do find something peculiar. Yeah, you walk over as you're searching to one of the windows and you see there is a relatively fresh set of footprints that go to this window and then they just stop there. And then there's no sign of them like turning around and walking out. And this is the same window that Aegon saw the figure standing in. Um, she wants to push on the window a little bit to see if it'll like open. Like they could have escaped out the window. You guys were watching the whole time. There's like this is the wall that is facing the windmill. Doesn't mean they couldn't have like turned invisible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the window well, the window doesn't open. Um seeing this, can she like like look around on the like be pressing on the wall and stuff to see if I don't know, lever buttons, anything like that. Yeah, why don't you give me another perception check? <laughs> or would this be investigation? I don't know. I know an investigation would be made to kind of deduce hmm. where you'd be looking for something, but this is literally just searching for something. <laughs> That's an eight. <laughs> okay, you don't find anything. Yeah, no. Nope. You find what you think is the lever, and you pull it, and it ended up just being a loose piece of the wall, and it just makes a loud rip sound as you rip it down. Wes, what what are you doing? Um, the footsteps that we saw that aren't ours go to this window, and then they disappear. So, um. I was trying to see if there was like a secret lever and I found uh, a loose piece of wood that I thought was a lever and wasn't and I accidentally ripped it out of the wall. <laughs> um, I'm starting to wonder if maybe the person just walked backwards in their own footsteps or something. I don't know how they got to out without being seen. Well, uh, I, I will run outside real quick and investigate uh, this window and then I will come right back. Uh, and Gunnar does just that. Okay, so you run outside. Uh, why don't you give me a quick perception check outside the window? Boy, it'd be nice if one of us rolled well. Uh, that's a five. Yeah, you get distracted by some ants. <laughs> <laughs> They're very busy and very productive. Gunnar, Gunnar comes back. Well, I saw these ants. Oh, wait. But, but was I supposed to do something? <laughs> Theo, why don't you help me? I, I seem to be a bit distracted today. Why don't you come with me around to see the other side of the window? It's, I don't know, it's just a window. Why don't we drop a torch down the hole and see what's down there instead? Well, I, I just wanted to see it real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm... Theo lights a torch and sort of ignores Gunner and drops it down the hole. Okay. So yeah, Fia, you drop the torch, and it drops about 10 feet, and it hits a marble tiled floor. If you guys look just below you on the map, you can see what you look down and see. Oh. So as you peer down, you see this marble floor, and immediately next to it is a marble staircase descending even further down. It appears to be some old marble uh, structure. You guys want to give me a history check real quick? Sure. 
Oh, now I roll well. (laughs) (laughs) I got a nine. Eighteen. Got a fourteen. I got a twelve. Twenty. Okay. Jasper is the only one who rolled high enough. Oh, my wow. God. This is a very localized thing. Uh, Jasper actually thinks he probably heard or saw something relating to this, but Brimpton is actually built in the location of an old dwarven settlement since it's like right at the border between the human kingdoms and the dwarven kingdoms. It was taken over at some point. And when the dwarven settlement was raised to the ground, they used their buildings to form the foundation of a lot of their current buildings. And dwarves like to build down just as much as they like to build up. So you feel, now that you're looking down, you realize there are probably empty marble dwarven structures under most of the buildings here in Brimpton. Okay. Wonder how many people have basements that are fancier than their houses. (laughs) You said it's about 10 feet down, Josh? Yeah, about a 10 foot drop. Okay. And honestly, even a lot of people in Brimpton, especially like younger people, like it's probably not well known among the general populace that they have these structures underneath because they've been cleared out. Like, it's not like people are plundering them still. Like they were looted long ago, but they provide sturdy foundations. So why not? Why not use them? Well, it's too bad that we can't explore this because it is much too scary. So I think that we should go and, and Gunnar starts to like, kind of like creep out the door like no way I'm not going to drop kicks him into the hole no um. (laughs) see you gunner we'll just go down without you my leg (laughs) Theo grabs his collar come on gunner you're the hero right we're heroes and he looks him in the eyes very sternly yes we are heroes Yes. Now hold this rope. Theo, do not let him hold that rope when you try to go down it. Let's tie it off to something before you hurt yourself. Oh, no, I was going to push him. You can tie... (laughs) (laughs) You guys can tie the rope to one of the uh, support beams if you, like, tie it close to the floor. Okay. Jasper, could could you handle that? Sure. Okay, Jasper, to tie the knot, why don't you give me a sleight of hand skill check, but use your intelligence instead of your dexterity. This is a rule from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. 19. Nice. All right, so you tie a very sturdy knot. Rope skills are very important to know in many situations. (laughs) That's a good knot. I'm jealous. Looks just as good as the one we tied on that brigand a while back. No, no, it doesn't. Um, Gunnar, you go down <laughs> first, since you're the hero. Let's go. And she, like, pushes him towards the hole. Oh, I will go first, huh? Okay. <sighs> and he does, like, a, a short little prayer. It's <laughs> just like, please, let this fall kill me. 
<laughs> and he uh, he he grabs the rope and he kind of um, he just kind of slowly lets himself down. Okay, so you lower yourself down, and the torch that Theo threw down is lighting up this entire room. The room's the same size as the entire home. It's about 20 feet by 30 feet. Um, it's all made of marble. The torch light flickers across the walls and you see it's just covered in cobwebs. Like no one has been down here in a long time to clean it. Like no one's taking care of this place. Um, but as you're turning around, you look back and you see a figure curled up in the corner, lit by the torchlight. They look very gaunt, like starving levels, and their hands and legs are bound, and they have a gag in their mouth. And when you look their way, they feebly raise their head to look at you, and their eyes widen, and they start shaking their head like, no, no, no. I think Gunner is just white. He might be almost as pale as this guy in this very moment. And he just kind of looks up at... Uh, is anyone standing over the hole? Theo is. He's trying to I think, watch I think you. Every, everyone's standing over the hole looking down at you. Gunner just looks straight up at everybody and you just see his mouth make <clears throat> you just see his lips form the word help <laughs> help <laughs> uh, Theo goes down he, he tries to climb down to to help see Theo you you jump down and you join Gunner in this old room it has a very musky scent to it and you send up clouds of dust and cobwebs when you jump down and you look over and you see this figure as well G- gunner you don't need help he needs help <laughs> easy Fio. what he he's starving look at him he's gaunt Fio starts to just walk over to him gunner starts having a panic attack <laughs> <laughs> sir it's okay we're here to help help is here and he, he looks like he's trying to shrink away from you. Uh, Theo tries to just kneel down and slowly crawls towards him and, and brings out just a, his canteen with water in it. Takes a small swig and drops some water down on it to show him it's just water. Just try to inches it towards him. He's still got the gag in his mouth. Right, he's just trying to show him that like he's offering him stuff. He's not trying to harm him. Just get yeah, him to he, stop cowering. The guy's still shaking his head like, no, 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 no. He looks terrified. Aegon, we need your help. I'll be right down. And uh, Aegon goes on down there, too. Okay, so Aegon shimmies down. Gunner walks over to Fio and says, We need to think very critically about what we are about to do with this person. Well, first, maybe to make sure he doesn't die. Is that doable so now that uh you guys are up close can both you guys give me a quick perception check yeah that's a natural 20 Uh, for a two for a total of uh, 21 nice okay so now that you guys are 
closer and you have the light shining, your heart skips a beat when you realize that you recognize this gaunt figure. He looks like a very, very thin, frail version of the fake farmer you killed last episode. <gasps> oh no. Oh my god. I. Um, what do you guys see down there? I think you are going to want to see it yourself. She uh, climbs down the ladder to join them. So as, as you climb down, 2-0 starts growling. And the cat with Jasper starts, uh, it arches its back and it starts to back away from the hole. That's never a good sign. Um, Guys, the animals are freaking out again, which is what happens when bad people happen and people explode. Well, I think we need to get him out of here. And he, he is shaking his head even harder now, and he's trying to, like, uh, move his arms and legs, but he can't. He's, he's very, he's, like, pinned the way he's tied. She goes up, like, pushes kind of past the guys and reaches her hand through the net to pull out the gag that's in his mouth. Okay, you pull out the gag, and he coughs. <coughs> Go! It's here! It'll find you! What? What will find us? And at that moment, a bright light shines into the room from a doorway uh, just behind Vez, and it illuminates everything. It's like a spotlight. And Aegon and Theo are the only ones who get a good look at it. And you shield your eyes, and through it you can see a silhouette floating behind the spotlight. It looks like a metallic egg about three feet long with six long metallic tentacles dangling beneath it, each one about six feet long and ending in an assortment of cruel hooks and sharp blades. And the man lets out a scream as this strange metallic egg thing drifts into the room. hope you enjoyed this episode if you did share it and our other episodes with your friends family and co-workers your boss if you're daring visit our website to find your copy of a DD quick starter guide and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description there we discuss episodes dungeons and dragons and stem topics that we all love thanks again for listening we can't wait to see you here at applied dungeoneering the songs rainy village Salt Marsh and Weirder Things 2 are from Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0. Creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash nd 
slash 4.0.